Welcome to Sunflower Living, a podcast that believes that life is always worth living. I'm Abile. And I'm Linky. Welcome to our working philosophies on life and living with a mental illness. Before we get started, we are not mental health professionals. All opinions expressed in this podcast are our own. everyone so it's been ages and i think linky and i decided to do something a bit different with this episode because we felt that you know we had so many different perspectives but they were all predominantly no they were all female let me not <laughs> try and save our skins here so today we have a special guest with us uh Bukhokwa, who is a man and he's also going to just be i think talking to us about his experiences with mental illness as well as just you know what that looks like for a black man in an African context. So, Bukhokwa, hi, how are you? I'm well on yourself. I'm all right, thanks. Thank you for having me. Um, so, as you mentioned, my name is Bukhokwa. I am a 22-year-old man in South Africa. Um, I'm also Linky's little brother, and I'm a medical student. So, um, the topic of mental health is a topic that's very dear to my heart especially considering that I'm in the university space and also because I do see people um, with patients in my in my field that do um, deal with mental illness and the recovery to mental health. Oh, wow. Are you, are you dealing specifically with, um, like, so within your medical degree, are you just, you know, looking to be a general practitioner or do you want to specialize in psychiatry or psychology or psychology or you know, what does that look like for you in the future? Um, right now, it's quite open. Um, there are many different kinds of specialities that I'm looking at right now. However, mm-hmm. um, we've had very introductory level to uh, mental illness and mental health um, at my current uh, state of my medical um, education. So um, the conversation really about mental health is really just to inform me more that when I do my rotations in the psychiatric wards, um, I will be much more informed and much more able to communicate better with my patients, if I can mm. call them that. Uh, I think, you know, as a student, I know that, like, it's been a stressful season. And I think you have, you know, both of you have access to, um, within your community, if I can call it that, like, just other students and how they are managing just, you know, whether it's their studies in general or as, you know, an entire um in our world right now so could you speak a little bit to what you've heard people talk about like what stresses are really coming up um how are people managing and coping with their mental health um thank you for the question i it has been such a tumultuous year um it has been absolutely turbulent COVID 19 came at us like wow a train that no one expected and the mental health um, aspects of people's lives has really, really been emphasized, especially with students. The, um, the 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 expectation of functioning as if circumstances are normal within the university um, space while dealing with the possibility of a pandemic. On top of that, the financial and emotional and social um, demands of being a student have really, really exacerbated um, to an extent um, the 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 struggle of trying to 
stay quote unquote mentally healthy if i can say that or or, or fight um any form of mental illnesses on any spectrum any level it's been particularly hard on people who have been diagnosed with a mental illness um, and I have a few in my class, have a few in my small groups that we work with, and it has been a very, very difficult season. Mm. And so, like, you know, kind of taking it from there, I mean, is there anything, you know, that is overt that maybe people are, you know, struggling with? I mean, I, I would think that, I think I, I kind of went into, <clears throat> there was a portion of the year where I was kind of curious as to, you know, what what do the stats say and what are people like really struggling with especially in terms of like you know depression and your suicidal ideation I mean have you come across that in your consultations with some people as well as maybe even amongst your fellow med students? Um, so most of the time it's been conversations with my medical students and mm. yeah I really think there's been quite a surge of depressive episodes um, mm. basing it on well some of the examples I can give are the fact that people have to now um, face things that are happening at home for example you're stuck at home and mm. usually you'd go to university and you'd run away from it or you'd go out and you'd party you run away from it doctors um i've heard about registrars and um, cons um consultants or um residents i think that's what they call them in the u.s please correct me if i'm wrong <laughs> that's um, perfect um they they have these coping mechanisms some may be drinking alcohol for example others have other ways of coping with their stressful um, with their stressful occupations, and those um, kinds of mediums or those kinds of coping mechanisms were prohibited at a specific level, especially with us in South Africa at level five. We had no alcohol sales, we had no cigarettes, for example, and that really began to force people to confront those um, those those problems that they may be dealing with at home, and oh, it it was just a really horrible fallout. Um, even with medical students, some see their psychiatrists in order to be able to, you know, um, just continue managing their mental illnesses. And some psychiatrists were not available at that time. There were times where there was no availability and it really, it really hit hard. This year has been a very, very tough year, especially in terms of mental health. Mm. It's interesting that you talk about um, just kind of the negative coping mechanisms you know, within the medical fraternity and as students, are you encouraged at all to seek help? Like, and what what forms of what forms of assistance does the university provide for people who are suffering or struggling? Um, yeah, are they? You know, is there anything specific? Is there a program that exists where people can um, reach out to for help? Yes, there is. Um... So usually the university sends us um, emails specifically telling us about different offices. We have an office of student support. We have an office called the CCDU office that specializes in mental health and coping mechanisms and, and ways to study and maximize time and time managing. Um, the resources are there. Um, I think just in the earlier stages of the year, especially with the lockdowns that we had, uh, it was quite difficult to access those resources. But um, as medical students, especially considering that we do see a few traumatic things or 
we we do get shaken up quite a bit um, in terms of being in the hospital environment. There, we are encouraged to go to the Office of Student Support and we will be given usually three consultations um, from the Office of Student Support psychologist. And if we need to be referred, we, we will be referred to psychiatry. That's okay. amazing. Because I mean, I, I know just to add on to that, you know, the institution that I'm at, it's not really as comprehensive because if anything, I've, I don't want to like slander my uni and say that they haven't done their best, but I would say that, you know, some improvement could be, <clears throat> like there could be some improvement because like there's, there, there's like this, I don't know if you, if you also find it to be this way, um, Bukhoko, but like there's just almost like this hesitance amongst specifically black kids to just be like, yeah, I'm not, it, it's, it's, I'm just not doing well at the moment because then I, I see it like even with, you know, my, my own classmates and the, the conversations that they have about how their parents are, you know, saying that, oh no, you're just being lazy and, you know, you just need to push through. And it's like, no, but it doesn't work like that. And so it's really mm -hmm. difficult to communicate that when you're also in a space that demands so much of you and will only accommodate you to a certain extent yeah. And it's 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 very it's chaotic, and I think it it got it got all the way worse in in many ways because of just you know how limited we were in our movement in our um, in our connectivity. Because I mean, some people didn't even have data up until what until June. So I don't I don't know how some people cope. To be honest, I think it's always interesting for me to listen to the both of you because. Mm -hmm. I think that student perspective is one that often gets missed in the conversation. We often talk mm. about children and we talk about people um, in kind of high school settings and we talk about teenagers. And then, mm. you know, then we talk about the adult experience. And I think that students somehow seem to not fit into either of those categories for what, a, you know, for whatever reason, just mm. as society. And I think when we talk about it, like you said, a lot of the time parents come at it at a you're being lazy, you need to push through, oh, well, university is supposed to be tough, when in actual fact, there are other stresses, and especially with COVID-19 this year, there's just so much more that's been added onto the plates of students. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of the time, we try to brush that under the rug. No, I absolutely agree. Um, I mean, we, there's always a joke about it that, you know, the people, uh, parents always ask, especially black parents always ask, there's food in the fridge, why are you depressed, you know? Um, exactly. <laughs> I've heard that all the time. It's like, but someone doesn't have food and it's like, that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, no, so um, there is definitely a miscommunication, a misunderstanding um, and even with universities, as much as there are these resources and there's sometimes it's just not enough. Other times people are very afraid to um, go to these um, uh, to these um, resources because, you know, there's also a stigma around it, you know, oh, you went to CCTU. There's a lot of intricacies in terms of um, approaching these resources. So as much as they are there, I think there's a lot more work to be done, especially with the approachability of it all. I'm going to switch gears a bit, but, you know, as a man who lives in a society where a lot of the time you're told to kind of suppress your emotions and, um, and, 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 you know, put on a brave face. How do you feel that you personally have had to um, work, work within that framework and like 
kind of define your um, your mental health around that, but not only your own experience, but just in the context of South Africa, for instance. Um, yeah, what's your experience been? Uh, <laughs> um, I I have been very fortunate, um, especially in, in the household I was raised in. I've been very fortunate to be told that I need to um, express emotion, that I need to be honest about my emotions. But um, I can definitely speak in, I went to a private boys school. I went to a, a all boys school as well. Um, and I've seen, and I've even at times trying to try to blend in with this culture of blunt your emotions. Um, don't, don't show any sign of weakness. Don't sh- show any sign of uh, vulnerability. And it is an extremely crippling thing. It's an extremely crippling expectation for a man um, because you have no outlet of this emotion. You, you've, you've, you've kind of caved yourself in and you're caught to imploding or you're caught to um, just lashing out in so many different ways. I mean, South Africa has an alarming rate of gender-based violence um, and it is definitely also exacerbated by this expectation of do not confront your emotions, um, but instead let them in. Uh, I mean, just just bottle them in and just, you know, carry on as if nothing's wrong. I think it's a very, very toxic environment. Yeah. Because I mean, I can't, I can't imagine like how stressful that is on a day-to-day basis because it's like, but do you know what I mean? Like, I think it's because you know, I'm, I'm so, I'm at a point in my life where I'm very upfront about how I feel, even though, you know, you, you kind of do have to water it down about people who may not really know you as well or are not, you know, um, clued up on your own, like your past or your history or the fact that you do suffer from, men- from mental illness. But I can't like, it, it just, it, it must be such a, like a powder keg to have to be like, I want to cry, but I can't because my homies are going to say something dumb about it later. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I don't know if you've seen that. I mean, have do you maybe have friends who maybe confide in you who have said, I re- like I feel so much, but I cannot talk about it because there's this expectation of me to be, you know, unbothered, unfazed, and act as if I'm okay when you know I'm really not. No, absolutely. Um, I have many friends that are like that. Um, they they're so frustrated, and you really don't know how to help them they they come with so many frustrations and they just kind of lay it down on you because you're willing to listen and they they have a kind of a safe space in terms of being vulnerable but when they speak to their other friends uh, even if it may be something specifically small like you know he, this person irritated me because they were doing x y and z there is this kind of expectation to not necessarily um, vocalize that because you know me being emotive but they might think I'm being very emotive or emotional and they're just going to see me as weak they're going to see me as vulnerable I'm going to be taken advantage of or whatever other indoctrinated things that have just plagued the men of our society specifically the South African society it's there in my friends it's there in family it's 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 there mm. I think, you know, I'm raising two boys and for me, I I can see that it's ingrained in me to say certain things. So, yeah. you know, um, when one of them is crying, I'll be like, but you're a big boy. And 
that's so the wrong way to do it. Cause I just, and, and sometimes I catch myself, I'm like, oh my goodness, this isn't how I want to raise them. This isn't how I want them to communicate or to process their emotions. But a lot mm-hmm. of the time, I think we grew up in environments where that was just what happened. You know, you were told yeah. that, you know, boys don't cry. And, um, and luckily for me, just having that awareness, I, I parent very differently. I look at the boys and I'm like, well, when you're feeling like this, it's time, you know, you need to, you need to express yourself appropriately. You know, you need to tell us what's wrong. Um, but I think having had girls before that, I've mm-hmm. also had to teach them to, to, to express themselves, to be able to say, you know, how you feel is valid. And I mm-hmm. think growing up, I don't think um, I don't think I was validated in that way. I think that my emotions were seen as weak, and mm. and that just wasn't how it was supposed to be. You were supposed to be strong. You're supposed to just swallow it and and continue. And I think that that really, you know, for both men and women, just really brings about a very toxic environment. No, totally. Because yeah. I think it's just it's counterproductive in saying that we want change but then I think we negate the fact that so much of these you know preconceptions that we have about sex and gender are so we're raised with it right so then you get to an age where it's like but this doesn't make sense in the grander scheme and then you have to unlearn it but you I don't think you can completely unlearn it to some extent either because I mean there'll still be moments where I'm like, oh, why is he like, why is he whining? And it's like, because, you know, he's hurt or he was really irritated by something. That's why I mean, yeah. you know, and I, I have to really catch myself sometimes and be like, hold on. But this is, you know, it basically comes down to this is a human emoting and that's what they're supposed to do. Otherwise it, you know, it becomes, it festers and that's never, and I think it's always the everyone is always shocked by the blowout, but we never want to almost remedy the the festering. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. No, I absolutely agree. Um, and also, I think it's just so <laughs> it's so diffuse. Um, even in the way that boys speak to boys, um, our jokes always have this undertone of you know, kind of teasing, not necessarily even teasing you, kind of insulting you. Um, and we call it all in the name of banter, and you're not supposed mm-hmm. to have an emotional reaction to that. You know, you're just kind of supposed to be like, oh, you know, oh, cool, he's just bantering with me. Let me just go sleep it off. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes those things hurt, and that's the kind of culture that, as boys, we 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 just supposed to be okay with. Um, sometimes it's too far. Other times you can laugh, and just because you laughed about it today doesn't necessarily mean it won't have an effect on you tomorrow. Um, and yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think I wanted to ask just from your perspective, this is something that we've talked about before, um, is that a lot of the time when people talk about mental health, we often just think about it as someone with a mental illness, kind of outside of me, outside of anything else that could ever happen to me. And I have really started to, or not started to, started to try and communicate to others rather that Mm. stress falls under mental health. Your general Mm. um, wellness and well-being falls under mental health. And I think a lot of people don't see it that way. What is, you know, what are your thoughts on that? And, and how do you think people can better manage their stress? Um, What coping tools do you think or have you used and do you think are like good in those instances? 
I definitely agree with stress being um, a, a form of, 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 or rather a danger or detriment to your mental health. Um, this idea of tonically working or this idea of tonically being in an environment of stress really just wears you down. It, it, it wears down not only your mood, but also begins to wear down the way you think. You, you begin to blame yourself. If you aren't being productive or if you aren't doing something, you're going to start you, you know, you're going to start, you know, degrading yourself. Why am I being lazy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then it just becomes this very vicious cycle all in the basis of stress. And sometimes you just need to push yourself away. Even if it's for like 30, 45 minutes, at least it's something I do. 30, 45 minutes, I will do something different, like either read a chapter of a book or, or just a completely different activity. Learn to play the guitar, even if it's horrible, write mm-hmm. something. Um, I lean more on the artistic side. Um, but if you enjoy sports, do that. If it if even if it means just watching an episode or two just to completely distract yourself for a while do that mm. um it is healthy we are not robots we're not meant to just work at a consistent rate we're not meant to consistently stress and worry and worry and worry um it's really going to actually hamper down your 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 productivity and it's it, it's it's really a counterproductive counterintuitive thing especially at such high doses at such toxic doses no, definitely. I love how you said that we're not robots, because that reminds me of something that um, one of my best friends once said to me about, you know, when I was kind of fretting about, about not being productive, I haven't done enough, I'm like only halfway through this essay. And she just reminded me that, Avila, you're not a toaster. And I was like, that's true. I don't just have like this one thing to do. Because I think we forget that as people, that we are, you know, sort of these multifaceted beings and, you know, you kind of have to peel back the layers. And I'm just bringing you back to what Linky said about, you know, mental health not just being, you know, it doesn't have one look. And I think I always say that we're not all, we can't all be painted with the same brush, but I can understand why people want to do that because it's, it's easier to understand something when it's exaggerated, I think, sometimes. But at the same time, I think, you know, hence I'm, I'm really appreciative of things you know, like self-care being so at the forefront of certain conversations. But, you know, I think as as students, we need to remember that like a big part of our own self-care is, you know, remembering that the idea of, of those two words, self-care, is to <laughs> create a life for yourself where you are not constantly trying to escape. You're not constantly trying to, you know distract yourself or fall into something I think it is possible to be productive and it is possible to you know get through like I don't know a lot of your work by a certain date as a student so that you can submit it like a day before two days before but if it's not possible it isn't and that's okay like it's okay to fail I think sometimes (laughs) and that's such a difficult conversation to have just in general with people but I mean touch on that at some point we definitely do. We absolutely do. But I don't know um, about you, Bukhoko, but I mean, is there like a certain um, pushback against failure specifically, you know, from in, in the male experience and kind of just like just stopping and, you know, just relaxing and just not doing anything because that's fine. But then I find that there is even in like, you know, my my male friends and even with my cousins i'll see that there's like this resistance to just not do anything and it's like but why are you still running about it's saturday relax you can sleep in it's fine like do do you find that there is that resistance to kind of putting yourself first um there is um in the essence it's for 
in in the in our culture there's kind of this thing of i need to build myself um for the next day every single time i need to build myself i need to consistently work 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 and this idea of sitting back doing nothing um an idea that i must be very honest i do quite often i am not afraid of doing nothing i enjoy it um it is my the happy place in fact i think i'll opt for doing nothing more often than i'd opt for being productive but um we just we just have this idea of consistently building i need to get to this point i need to get to that point we set these goals sometimes unrealistic goals that force mm-hmm. us to work um and don't necessarily promote this moment of well take a moment have introspect just mm-hmm. think about you know what's happening in the world in in your life at this moment and yeah all right so butokwa um any final thoughts before we close out um i would love especially to the boys to the men um i think we are at an age or we're in a, in a in a kind of time where it really is okay to confront your feelings it's okay to accept your feelings um i i really think that we are a friend of mine calls us it's a term called hustling backwards um working hard to go backwards is what it means um we really are hustling backwards in terms of just our mental health and also in terms of just our happiness um if we think that we need to bottle our emotions not show them vulnerability is a good thing vulnerability is a human thing and i think we need to embrace that as opposed to being stone cold um that's just not a way to function as a human being wow all right All right guys I think we'll leave it there. Um Bukoko thank you so much for um featuring on our episode and uh, we'll definitely have you back as we plan on doing with most of our guests. And yeah, tune in again next week guys. Thank you so much. And a note, we are not mental health professionals. All opinions expressed in this podcast are our own.